Hi, Francine. <laughs> Good morning, Henry. How are you? Not bad. How are things in with you? Uh, actually, I I am great. Oh no! <laughs> What's going on? I, well, I've had my uh, my stepson is on a motorcycle rally where he is riding. Um, you guys can all listen in while um, while I catch Hayman up on my life. Um, but I wanted to say that I wanted to say that my stepson has just ridden to Arizona on a Harley from uh, upstate New York, and he belongs to a motorcycle group called Redrum. And what it is is a not-for-profit service group that does things for indigenous people and rides, raises money and rides their Harleys to events, you know, so there that's how they get the middle-aged man fun out of it. And, um, and so this weekend they are riding to San Carlos. They're doing something called a res to res run. Yes. And they're, and they're riding to uh, from one reservation to another reservation. And I'm so excited and I'm so happy for him. And I hardly ever see him. So I'm delighted to. Catherine, yay. I'm t- hi. I can talk for about 15 minutes, but I wanted to say hi. I know you can. So let, let me set the stage then and uh start the room in case you have something that you want to contribute in the 14 minutes that we have you. Um, hi, Karen. Um, here you come. Um, I think I sent, yeah. sent you an invite. Okay. Axios had an article and the Axios article said, the creator economy is failing to spread the wealth. The creator economy was supposed to democratize media, but it turns out that a small portion of creators uh, still reap the most revenue for their work across multiple platforms. Um, new tipping and micropayments features will hopefully make it easier for smaller creators to get paid. But for now, much of the creator economy is still supported by pricier subscriptions, forcing consumers to be selective. And then it talks about um, video. Uh, massive Twitch hack last week reviewed reviewed um, I can't change how far I am from the mic came in. I'm using headphones. Um, <laughs> so anyway, most of the creative, creative the, the top 1% of all streamers earned more than half of all revenue on Twitch. The top 10 publications on Substack um, collectively make more than $20 million a year in subscription revenue. The top 1% of podcast earners make the vast majority of podcast um, revenue. And a special report from TechCrunch, this is funny, last month found that Twitter's new super followers feature, which allows people to tip their favorite creators, only brought in $6,000 
in its first two weeks. The bottom line is that Clay Shirky wrote, in systems where many people are free to choose between many options, a small subset of the whole will get a disproportionate amount of traffic, attention, or income, even if no members of the system actually work towards such an outcome. So there you have it. This is how I want to set the stage, and this is how I want to discuss what I want to discuss. Last week, hi, Roy Field, I think you can come up and help me out here, too. Um, I think that, it, that I made $3.95 from my monthly revenues as a partner, medium platform partner. I make um, nothing off my clubhouse efforts. I think I've been tipped once as a joke by Bomani or something like that. And, um, and I'm subsidizing my own efforts to be a member of the creator economy. And I'd like to find out if it's different for any of you. And um, I'm turning clips off. I, most people really love clips because they want everything to go viral, but I more want people to feel comfortable talking and um, pretty, um, pretty sure that no, no clips that we say deserve to be spread around the world and and especially misinterpreted. So that's that's not the kind of room I'm running, which probably means I, I'll get even fewer tips, but never mind, that's not the subject. The subject is karma, and the subject is, do you all find this to be true? And I'm gonna ask two people to speak first. One is, Catherine, because she has very little time, but that's not why. Why is because Catherine runs News, 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 and is probably the most prolific creator over a long period of time on the platform because, you know, she runs a daily show and it has tons of listeners. And if you feel comfortable telling us whether you make money from it, want to make money from it, or are here for the karma. And and no offense, I'm just trying to figure out whether Clubhouse is the same as everywhere else. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. Francine, you're queen as usual. Um, so I, uh, for the most part, do not make money from the, the news show. I, I have gotten sponsors for the Women's Founders Club that I do. We've gotten um, several sponsors for that room, which is interesting, uh, which is a whole other topic, because I think um, part of getting sponsors is uh, needing to know, brands want to know um, the audience. And so even though my Women's Founders Club is smaller rooms, um, because brands know exactly who's in that audience, um, they've been you know, more receptive, even though I'm like, but the newsroom, it's bigger. Um, but we're just, I'm just finalizing a deck right now um, to, for the new show for sponsors. It's just taken a little while. Um, so going to be sending that around. Uh, but I think it also is on Clubhouse to be the type of platform that is, you know, attractive to brands. And, and I think there needs to be more 
uh, analytic um, tools um, that they can give, we can give information to to brands about who's in our audience. You know, is, is this a high income group? Is it, you know, are they well educated? You know, what, what is the demographic that we are that's in our audience um, so that brands know? Um, and I'm also probably going to start a creator coin soon as a way to both monetize. Um, girl. Yeah. So to monetize for, um, for myself and then for the community too, um, because I, you know, I'm not in a position to keep doing this, um, you know, without more monetization. Um, and I think a creator a coin is a way to both, uh, you know, make reward the community too, um, as well as, as, um, you know, the people putting the most time into it. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. I'm talking to Rally. I think they just approved my application for that. So oh, stay awesome. tuned for that. As you know, I've had the Karma Coin forever, and I wanted the Karma Coin to to support me. And it would if it weren't called the Karma Coin. <laughs> and therefore, the karma dictates that I plow the profits back into the creators <laughs> that the coin supports. So every once in a while, I, I feel like Heyman, who is my sidekick here and does so much for the room and the group behind the scenes and is a non-practicing physician, otherwise known as unemployed, um, is, you know, deserves to have something. So every once in a while, I pay him in, in either karma or rally. But yeah, and that's, you know, we want, because we want to not only pay ourselves, but our hosts, you know, our, our hosts too. So we're just thinking about, right. you know, well, that will, if, if we're not going to, sponsors aren't going to be viable, then, you know, is this coin thing a way to do that? And then I start to think like, well, if people aren't into crypto, will that be a good idea? But I think, you know, they can always trade it in. Um, and then the other thing I'll say is, you know, along, I've seen all these articles about, you know, the creator middle class. Um, and I think that's really the problem is that there is not yet a quote unquote creator middle class. A lot of the money does go to the top 1% of creators on, on many of these platforms. It remains to be seen how club, you know, with clubhouse, but not only is that bad for creators, but it's bad for platforms too, because they're relying on, you know, a top, you know, a small number of people for, you know, their revenue and their business. And so if those top people are then poached on their platform, it makes, you know, business less viable. So, so here's thing to consider. So here's what I, you know, again, my own journey and man, what a journey, because I've been on Clubhouse since, you know, April, 2020. My own journey is that I cannot directly monetize anything. I can only indirectly monetize everything. And so what I have to do is wait until the end of the year and see, you know, if I've made, I mean, I've, I've made enough money to live because I've been on the planet a long time and I have a retirement and savings, but that's not the point. The point is if you, if you single out, um, if you single out what I have made out of Clubhouse, it's probably almost nothing, which is exactly what I've made out of Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. But on the other hand, if you think of all the the indirect monetization opportunities, that creates another story, you know. Um, Dr. Dan, I'm going to make you talk about this next, I mean, not make you, invite you, and, or as we say on the platform, throw to you, um, 
and and then I'm going to ask for Jason next because Jason has a creator coin, um, and I, I wonder if he's having the same experience that I am, you know, with the indirect monetization through the creator coin, which I still don't use to monetize. But never mind, Dr. Dan. What up? What do you think? I love it, <laughs> Dr. Francine. What up? Always great to uh, be in your rooms. Um, and hello to the audience and um, uh, my fellow colleagues on stage. Um, yeah, I think uh, you've a- created content so so much content this year, and you've been so available because of the pandemic. True, um, and I've been fortunate to be blessed among wonderful colleagues, wonderful colleagues not in the profession, both outside the profession, meeting you, Catherine, Heyman, many others um, in the audience, or Blaka, Roy Field, I mean, everybody, pretty much. Um, and the intercollegiate kind of working and partnership, uh, iron sharpens iron. You all bring out the best in each other and in me, and I think we all want to do something that's beneficial for the community. Um, but I think on this platform, you know, as we know, we all have those struggles. Um, what's value and value? How do we define value? I think that's an, an important thing. What are the community's norms? Uh, are, is there a compact that the community agrees to? Uh, these are things that there's so many things that I think Clubhouse could do, but um, I'm not at that uh, level to um, make those inputs. I think they do listen. Uh, you can send ideas and things like that. But at the end of the day, what's the value add for me or any of our other colleagues sharing something that we want to benefit for the community. So it has to be really received, really um, embarked upon. Um, And I'll get to the point, but I want to just highlight one other thing. Um, Clubhouse came out the gate with this wonderful idea, which I think is still a platform. That's why we're still here. And we care about the community that was curated. Um, And now um, the other competition have seen their playbook and are basically monetizing ahead of them. And I think that's the sad story about this. Um, But I think they they have an opportunity to to turn course and it seems like they are. So I I see some of the things that they're doing. So I'll give them some credit to that, but they have a lot to do. So I've changed my tune on Clubhouse. So I, I, I like what I'm beginning to see. With that said, monetizing, I don't put my monetary kind of uh, social um, like Cash App and all those other things, uh, fintech stuff on my platform, just because a hesitation that it's a patient-physician relationship or yeah. whatever those types of things may look like. Look like um, from a business standpoint, or when I'm doing like a training or something, I would probably do that, but I haven't done that yet. I still vacillate back and forth between that. For someone who's decisive, this means this is very um, difficult for me to look at. But I think the value add is. How do you magnify those voices of those creators and how do you let others uh, monetize for them? Be it, Dr. Be it the Dr. corporate. Dan. Yeah. Um, be it the corporate partnerships, such as the Walmarts, Walgreens, or whatever it is in that field in the healthcare industry for me or tech or for stocks. Um, I've been approached by um, actually some stock companies because I do talk about stocks to actually monetize on the app. Dr. I Dan, not. can I stop you for a minute because Catherine has less than a minute? Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Oh, I, didn't mean to, I don't want to be a diva like that. I didn't mean to be. <laughs> no, I don't want to interrupt anybody. Go ahead and be that. 
I, I, I hate it when people are like, I, I didn't mean I need to go first. But anyway, I meant when Dan was done. Um, I do have a call in a minute. But the other, my only last comment was, um, I, you know, even though monetization is, is, is still pretty tough on this platform, I, I have gotten, you know, opportunities off of Clubhouse that are monetized through Clubhouse, like consulting opportunities. And so I think that's, you know, a, a, a benefit for some people. If, if you sort of work, you know, if you make connections on here, people will reach out to you about different opportunities off of Clubhouse. Um, but I also would recommend people, you know, I, I've done it myself, that you have to put some boundaries in place because I, and then I may, people ask me to do more things on Clubhouse, which I love doing. It's so fun. And I love the community. I love giving back. But when it's, you know, when, when the vast majority is not monetized, I've, I've had to put some boundaries in lately. Like, you know, someone wants me to be in this Slack about, you know, social audio or wants me to do, you know, speak in this thing. And I love doing that, but I've had to put, like, I'm trying to put boundaries in there because, you know, when I look back on a year on Clubhouse, I, I've loved it. I've made so connect, many connections, but it's, you know, I'm not in a position to just be doing this, um, you know, without my, more monetization, if that makes sense. So I, I recommend people put boundaries in place too, because then, then you'll burn out if you don't. <laughs> totally. Thank you, Catherine. And thank you for coming. I knew you only had 15 minutes, um, but I love this discussion. Back to Dr. Dan. Yeah, I, um, and um, I appreciate uh, Catherine's point. Um, I didn't get to that part yet, but yeah. So I've had to scale back too. Um, literally, I don't. I'm very select about stages I go on, um, just for mental health reasons. Um, I'm very select about um, who I collaborate with because it's interesting sometimes while you do things out uh, for free or for an understanding of we're working together. Some people just use you as um, because you have a certain number of followers. We want you on the stage to just be there to for, to augment their room and there's no interest. Um, so you'll find transparency issues, but that's human behavior anyway. I think, um, yeah, so if I would summarize everything so I'm not rambling is one, um, find, your, uh, find your tribe and find the community. Um, uh, take care of your mental health. Uh, be choosy about uh, who and which stages you collaborate with. Um, there's opportunities for monetization um, through collaboration, uh, and the networks are also there. Uh, be willing to give, and what you how you treat others is how you will be treated eventually. And um, as your karma coin is basically what you put in is what you get out. So if you're literally screwing people over, it's only a matter of time before you get screwed over. I'm done speaking. And that, Dan, is the whole point of Karma Club. And in the creator economy is where what you put out should come back to you. And, and, and I, when I tell you about my own journey, I, I'm not saying that I find anything lacking I find nothing lacking because here's the greatest gift that Clubhouse has given me. How many 80-year-old women have platforms to be on? It is, I mean, most of the people my <laughs> age that I know, yeah, I, it's the truth. Most of the people that I know that are my age feel like the world has moved past them. And I don't feel that at all. I feel like I'm on this merry-go-round and eventually I'm going to pass the ring. You know, I'm going to pass the rings again. And I always get a chance to grab. Okay, Jason, on to you. Hey, Francine. So what are we... <laughs> what are we talking about? 
Uh, how do you monetize your part in the creator economy? Um, that's a good question. Well, I, th <laughs> I think we're all, we all have that question. And yeah, I'm trying well, to... I think I think for so I think for Clubhouse initially when they rolled out the send money button uh, a couple months ago I think they were operating under the assumption that we would all send each other money right so that they wouldn't have to pay us but we would pay each other because to your you know club title we believe in karma so you know just as an example if the 66 people in this room all gave me a dollar right now for my wisdom or my humor or whatever you know, I'd walk away with $66 and I could use that to fill up my gas tank or buy some groceries. But, you know, that hasn't really worked out. Um, and I think it's another illumination of how many platforms, but not all, sort of pass the buck on this stuff and sort of expect us to fund each other. Uh, and they'll just provide the space for that to happen. Um, but I think if Clubhouse, for example, was really serious about creator first and making sure all types of creators can succeed in a quote unquote creator economy, then, you know, as the ones who have the billions of dollars of VC funding, they have to make a conscious decision to put out some money. And at this juncture, um, they haven't done so. So you're sort of left as a Clubhouse person who uses the platform a lot to try to use your own individual guile and craftiness and network to piece together income, whether it be through sponsorships or connections off Clubhouse or some form of tipping or, or subscriptions, um, which I don't think is a very viable model for most people. Huh. <laughs> Who else would like to comment on um, that? I would like to comment. This is Karen. Yeah, so I think there's a couple of ways that people can be compensated. So um, I am compensated um, by connection with people. I am um, uh, chronically ill. And so um, I feel like one of the benefits I get here is being able to connect with like-minded people. Um, I spend a lot of my time in comedy rooms. Um, and so there's a very active um, tip culture, but um, as other people have pointed out, um, I think that is um, it's sort of underwhelming. And actually, um, almost all of these platforms have had some sort of um, creator-first program like they did here on Clubhouse. And at the end of last month, there was an um, article in, I think it's called Verge Magazine, about some of the challenges that the creators had. And I think the intention with, with the creator, uh, Creators First, was to connect talent with sponsorships, which to me seems like one of the more viable ways to, to, to get revenue. Um, and I think there were sort of disconnects between um, the expectations the creators had and the ex expectations that um, Clubhouse had for these relationships. I don't think they sort of panned out. Um, I know within, um, so Leo Lamar was the, is, you know, was the icon, I think is an incredible businesswoman. Um, and so looking at her um, and, and, and at her um, brand, so she's actually had individual sponsors for um, the rooms. And that's usually like um, people who are going to give out a product. So that they may, she may run a contest where people win, like I won some candles in a contest. Um, so it's sort of in kind. And then it's sort of, I think it's in exchange for publicity on Instagram. Um, I, she may have been compensated in other ways that I'm not aware of. Um, and then finally, um, I think it was yesterday, it was this week, 
um, it was announced that um, she is doing a podcast for iHeartRadio on true crime, which isn't sort of like, you know, her sweet spot of comedy. Um, but I believe that's obvious. I think it's obviously going to be a paid gig. Um, and so that is like, you know, and I think the other thing that, that, that we need to sort of add to this discussion is sort of revenue off the app. Right. So for her, that's, you know, podcast revenue with, with one of the, you know, leading um, podcast companies. Um, and so there are a lot of options, but none of them seem to be working very much. I have received tips on this, this app. Um, I have received, um, I did get a, a consulting gig uh, incoming um, off this gig. Um, but also part of me is um, thinking sort of long-term and I, I will land the plane here. One of the things when you started this room, um, Francine was talking about sort of how um, it's the top percent, at, you know, whether it's, it's at medium or at Substack. I do think there are some early mover advantages. Um, and so I think I came onto the app in January and there's people like you, Francine, who have really robust followers lists due in part to being an early adopter. And so I actually do believe that we're in the ad- early adopter stage and that we will have benefits by building our brand here, but they haven't paid off. And so I'm Karen Russell, I'm finished speaking. That's, you know, Karen, that's absolutely true. I, I think all the monetization that is going to happen from this app is going to take place off the app. I had, and Heyman will remember this, one really awful month of being sponsored by a brand and and the brand was a, a language app called Babel. and every time you know i did a room i had to say Babel at three different moments during the room and it, it what it did was it, it just cut off the flow of the conversation so that there couldn't be one, you know, and I, I finally figured out that it, it wasn't going to work for either them or me. So I did it for four weeks and I said, thank you, you know, I'm done. And the other thing, brands that I've been asked to do things for, I would never do because one was, you know, old lady walking shoes and the other was, you know, like, old lady vitamin supplements and they were typecast and they stereotyped me and that's not the stereotype I want. So, you know, if I... I was going to say, I did leave off one revenue, which is merchandise. Um, So we should probably include that in the conversation as well. I think that's kind of one of the low-hanging fruits of um, being online. No, I agree. And, And... and I've really talked about merchandise and I'm in my future is a karma club t-shirt, but don't, don't hold your breath waiting for it because it'll take me a while to get it all set up and get the art going and everything. And the interesting um, thing I found out for you, Francine, is when I was trying to take you multi-platform and by the way, her podcast will be on multiple platforms uh, is that sponsors, if they know that you're doing a podcast, it actually, the revenue apparently goes higher because that it goes into perpetuity, right? Like when you mention a product in a podcast, yeah. it can be played multiple times. That's what I think uh, they also think about that. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay, well, that'll give you more money because we'll de- since you're doing all of the work, we'll dedicate that money <laughs> That's fine. It's, it's pass it on. Pass it on to the Karma. The problem is, yes, the problem is I have places to put all this before, you know, 
before it ever gets to me because I have, you know, so many helpers and such a great community. Um, Nitty, did you come up to say something? And then um, Elijah, did, did you want to say something? Peter, I know you do. Okay. Nitty? Well, here, I know Elijah and Peter have been here longer than I am, so I'll, I'm more than happy to let them go first, and then I can chime in after. And hey, Dr. Francine, so good to be here. Okay, Elijah. No, I pinged Elijah in here. <laughs> I love you, Elijah. There were way more people on stage, Royfield, um, Tessa, yeah. Okay, Royfield. I'm so bad at this. Uh, <laughs> Listen, you're, you're, you're a wonderful, wonderful host. You're, you're a wonderful awesome. host, Dr. Francine. Um, just, just to quickly chime in with merchandises, and, and I'll tell you how exactly I had to structure my, my business because I'm a, I'm a, I am a pure content creator. Um, I think merchandise uh, is great, but don't ever think you're going to make any money from it. The thing is about merchandise is that it's great for marketing, and you shouldn't also devalue just the feel-good factor that somebody is walking around with a mug uh, or with a t-shirt with your with your name or with your brand on it so one of my one of my most popular podcasts thing that i produce called dum de dum um when i've done the odd live show uh, let's say 20 percent of people turn up with dum de dum t-shirts and it's great it, it, it utterly is great but it's a marketing thing as opposed to a revenue thing they go on to facebook or twitter and they put pictures of themselves um, with their dum dum t-shirt and then it signals to more people that the podcast exists. So I think for people like us, um, merchandise, yeah, great. And with drop shipping, uh, it means that you don't lose any money. You just, if you just sell one mug, um, you just get your $3 for that. You can't lose on it other than the time it takes you to put the logo on there. But I would caution from saying that, uh, people of our size um, that uh, merchandise is actually a revenue generator. It's it's marketing and it's feel good. And and, and the two things should not be uh, diminished in, in any way. I think they are really important. But so so I create podcasts. It's just what I do. I don't do anything else. Um, I, I don't have a, a regular job in inverted commas. How hard do you work? I, I want to know how hard the average content creator works on and, creating content. And, and, and here's the thing, uh, Dr. Francine, I'm going to be quite honest with you. I do a 40 hour week, but I don't do it, um, you know, nine to five, so to speak. No, I do, right. I, I do work Saturdays and Sundays, um, but it means I sometimes have days off during the week, you know, so. I always think that I, I don't work hard enough. I'm not one of these 24-7 content creators who are just peddling themselves hard styly. That's just not me. I do have a life. Like today, I've been out driving around London, uh, you know, doing stuff, feeding someone's cat, etc. So I, I don't <gasps> peddle. If you feed cats, you're going to be my daughter's best friend. She well, has a cat and she lives in barns. And every time they want to take a vacation, they can't find a trustworthy cat sitter. Hey, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Dr. <laughs> I, I'm, not a, I, I'm not a professional cat sitter. I'm cat sitting for a friend. Let me just, <laughs> just, just, just say that. But, but, but my point is, though, is that and also I, I like the fact that doing what I do 
I don't have to be geographically uh, tied down to any one location. So I spend most of my, I spend half my year in California and then I'll, I can go and spend some time with my kids in, in Canada. And at the moment I'm back here in the UK and, and I'm still working. So that's great. So, but I'm not one of these, dare I say, 20 some, 20 something YouTubers, content creators who every waking moment is they're just trying to market themselves you know so first off podcasts um do not make money for most people you <laughs> accurately summed up the industry in that it's um it's not quite the one percent but i'll go through the stats with you because um when i because i teach this for berkeley which i'll come on to this my, uh, another point in in a bit so i do have these stats so the average podcast gets 98 uh downloads per episode in a month only 98 so you get 99 you're in the top 50 percent of all podcasts downloaded the top one percent get fifteen thousand downloads per episode so your joe rogan's just to put this in in perspective joe rogan gets something like two million used to before we went to spotify behind a gated wall two million downloads so it is possible for me so i'm in the top five percent so one of my shows will get over 2,373 downloads, which puts me in the top 5%. So What's the name of that show? I can subscribe well, I, to that. I, I've got a few, Dr. Francine. So uh, let's just do, I, I'll give you two. 10 American Presidents, which is an audio um, kind of documentary on the 10 pivotal presidencies. And then I'll do Mid-Atlantic, which is US and UK politics compared and contrasted. Oh, so, Wow. All I'll, in I'll all, subscribe to that one. Thanking you muchly. All in all, my my shows garner um, just over a hundred thousand downloads a month. Okay, so I can scratch a living, um, but it's not going to send my kids um, off to college just on the advertising that that garners. And the model is the same whether it's podcasts or whether it's kind of YouTube. Right. So we all go to YouTube and there are loads of like content creators who have massive uh, da- you know, views. But actually, the average view um, on for, for a video on YouTube is pal- paltry. Most people do not make money from loading this stuff. So um, why are we doing it? Um, well, some people are hobbyists. Most people are hobbyists. Most people are just doing it as an offshoot of just something that they're really interested in. And that is really valuable. So when we damn the creator economy, and I'm pretty damning of it, we've got to be, we've got to be mindful that there are many people who are podcasting, because that's my industry, who are just interested in cooking or gardening or politics or whatever, but they've got a day job. You know, and that's what's actually paying for them to go down to the supermarket or to pay or pay their kids tuition fees or whatever the heck. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, but it, but it is cute. Can I ask you to, as we say in the song, land your plane? So, all right, I'm I'm (laughs) going to land really quickly. Fundamentally, uh, me podcasting is a business card for me to do other things Catherine's kind of said it I think Dr Dan has said it it puts me in in a shop window so that um, I can teach or I can be a consultant for for other 
um, for other uh, businesses. That is the thing. We can't look at it purely as a mechanism to make money in and of itself. But from Clubhouse, I've got a, a really good consultancy, uh, which starts next month, uh, which is going to pay uh, you know a, a decent amount of money. We, we the creative economy is a, a fallacy in terms of it's going to democratize millions of people making money. That is not going to happen. It's just not set up for that. There isn't, there isn't enough liquidity. But what it can do is bolster established businesses, uh, bolster bricks and mortar businesses, and, and uh, more established economies by putting you in the marketplace so people know who you are and you can burnish your reputation that way. And that way, it does make sense. And the very last thing I would say is that um, you can online uh, incentivize your most passionate listeners to pay extra, whether it's via Patreon or by memberships and have some kind of extra access to you and your content. So I earn disproportionately from just two to three percent of my listeners, bearing in mind that actually I have, you know, a hundred thousand per month. There you go, my plane has landed. Beep, beep, beep. It's landed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this, is so <laughs> this is so fascinating, guys, because I thought you all were doing something completely different from what I do and have done, and that you all had some secrets that I didn't have. And it turns out we're all doing somewhat the same thing, which is like hopping from stone to stone. You know, we're like, we're all over this water, hopping from stone to stone, using each stone to propel us to the next stone. Rebecca, for the Blacks, you said you were prepping. So do you or do you not wish to talk? I'm here. I rearranged my, my schedule slightly because um, I love you and I love this room. Well, I love, I love what you, you're doing. And that's why I, you know, I, but I was surprised to hear, see you here because you sent me a note. Yeah, 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 yeah. A text message. Uh, so now everyone knows, Francine, for the Blacks. Now everyone knows. We communicate off of the clubhouse, everyone. Yes, we do. I love this woman. But Indeed. go on. I love you more. Um, yeah, I'm actually uh, in the midst of like posting for um, on my Instagram now. Um, so yeah, I think Clubhouse is a robust uh, opportunity to for for specifically some people who have not been able to brand themselves successfully on other platforms because there's a level of stickiness, a level of like uh, I think now um, we've shifted from they're famous people to everyone. Everyone is a brand and everyone wants to be famous or everyone thinks they're famous or everyone is their own version of famous. Right. So when, when you're famous, right, the whole goal of it is like this whole look, but don't touch. You can see me, but you can't touch me or you want a piece of me and maybe I'll give you a piece. Right. Now, for those of you who are old enough, there was a thing called fan mail where people will literally mail a letter <laughs> to, you know, Whitney Houston, Luther Vandross, you know, um, sting and then hopefully they read it you know so clubhouse gives that le level of like a fan mail like immediately like you're you're literally talking to someone that you admire or you love or you respect and they're getting back to you immediately right so with that that's why I, again i've been sending this you know for a year now my clubhouse anniversary is october 25th so i think that that's why for some people who don't have as many followers on facebook or instagram or YouTube or TikTok, 
they're doing really, really well on Clubhouse is because of that immediacy um, and that tangibility, that, that see, touch, feel, um, and the intimacy of it. Uh, so for me, yeah, I mean, I, I'm up to, you know, I think my goal is to entertain, engage, inform, and inspire millions of people throughout the world. So by Clubhouse standards, I've been able to, you know, exponentially increase my impacts, um, specifically using humor to heal the racial divide uh, and have people laugh while they learn how to end low. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I've done pretty well. I've cried tears of joy. I've connected with so many people. I've started the For the Blacks movement, um, specifically For the Blacks, right? Uh, and, um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm really blessed. I'm supported by people are blowers, influencers, and, and black experts of the black issues, issues of black experience. They, they tip me, uh, they, they purchase, they, you know, I guess it's their reparations. Uh, they purchase, t- you know, blurgent black and urgent t-shirts. They purchase the mugs, the blackulator. Um, they hit me up. Uh, um, I have to post cause I posted that I cried and I did. Um, I'm going to post like in a minute or two. Why? Uh, so I've gotten clients off of clubhouse or, uh, you know, people who, again, my goal is to be of service. Like, what do you need? Do you, do you, do you need, do you have an issue with uh, diversity at your workplace, at your school, at your house of worship? You know, so I've gotten diversity clients from that. Um, yeah. I mean, my, my goal is to end racism. So like people have taken me seriously and I'm blessed for that and have hit me up and, um, had me, you know, go out and help them, um, navigate, racism because it's it's not a thing that our society we're we're built to under we're, we're built to operate within a racial world but we're not built to understand it uh demystify it or end it so my goal is to demystify it. this is what it is <laughs> uh and this is how you end you're, it you're not kidding yeah oh and i'm yeah. doing my, um my web series i'm launching my web series tomorrow so uh, if you all look at my PTR, you will see that Birdoff Goodman, don't ask, but Birdoff Goodman basically stole my style. Okay. We're black of four the blacks is literally not one, not two, but three windows of Birdoff Goodman on 54th and 8th and 5th Avenue. Um, so I'm going to be doing my Black Issues Issues Black Friday Black Experience. Oh my God, they standard totally, time. They yeah, they totally, totally did. did. It's yeah. no joke. I'm about to post it on, on Instagram. Like it's literally no joke. That um, is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be doing my surprising. room. Yep. So I'm going to be doing my room uh, 8 p.m. tomorrow from <laughs> Bird Off. I'm going to be there until like. Oh like, my God. Like, oh yeah. my God. Wait. Oh shit! I'm, I'm gonna out. say congratulations in advance. Oh, thank next. you. Yes. <laughs> and I was you'll there be, yesterday. You'll be out there, and you will. They won't be able to tell you from the window. Indeed. Yeah, that's the whole point. Uh huh. Yeah, and I had like a photographer. Yeah, because I've been there like two, three times now, and people literally like you know these rich, these rich white ladies. Yo, I'm like, yo, <laughs> take me out to brunch. You know what I'm saying? They, they like. Yeah, they think like, did you do it? You designed that? This is yo, it's yo. And I'm looking at them like, I know, like, hello, like, oh, it's it's absolutely hilarious. So I had a photographer. It's a scandal. It's a scandal. Yeah, it's an issue. Sources say Birdoff stole. Yep, sources say Birdoff Goodman stole the Black for the Blacks whole aesthetic for you know to sell Prada and um, some other designers that are in the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without credit, without credit though. Thankful. Thank you. So, so yeah, I have my iPad. I'm going to have it fully charged. And 
So I'll be uh, simultaneously live streaming it on YouTube or in, and Facebook, um, as well as being on Clubhouse. So yeah, everybody come through 8 p.m. Eastern oh time. Oh my God, that is right. Yeah, and then come I through have, in person if you're in New York City. Exactly. Yeah, roll up. You know, yeah, because I'm gonna do so so quickly, like super fast, because I know it's karma and it's about content creators. So uh, there's in Union Square, which is like one of the most heavily trafficked parts in New York City. There is the George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and in the middle of those two is John Lewis. So these three statues right next to each other in Union Square, which is huge. It's been defaced uh, not t- once, twice. And so I'm going to start my day at 10 o'clock in the morning there, and I'm going to be interviewing people. Do you think that we're Black to normal? Are we like not caring about race- ending racism anymore? What happened to all the marching in the streets? So I'll be doing my, my web series shooting, getting interviews there, Black to normal. And then after that, I'm going to take it to Bird Off, and I'll just be at Bird Off all day, like from like, I don't know, one o'clock onward. So it's a party. So come through. So I went last night, and the, 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 the window display designer, he literally came out, took all these pictures with me. No, it was no joke. <laughs> wait, wow. Allison Wiesel, who do you know at Bird Off? Oh my God, wait, who's in this yeah, audience help today? Me out. Help, somebody help me out. Yeah. Somebody help a woman out. Yeah, because <laughs> someone thought that, like, they're like, no, but like, you can't protest against the bird off window that's been going on for like decades. And I was like, I am not protesting bird offs. Like, this is fashion. I love bird offs. Like, fuck what you heard. I'm still like, I still love fashion. <laughs> right, Brissy? Because those Fendi sunglasses, what those, I told you to get, right? Those Fendi's that are my brand now were, were acquired for me or, um, Let's see. Yes, she told me to get them. She, what did she do? She recommended that I get them. She I influenced you. I'm an she influencer. Influenced me. <laughs> she requisitioned them for me, and she made me get them. But I want to get through a few more people. We're black up for the blacks. Although you just stunned me, and I have, to call, I have to call all my friends in New York now. Okay, Elijah. How's your stint as Hello. A, member, a member of the creator economy going? Oh, you know what? I am, you know, I've always been a, you know, creator, uh, you know, working with food and, and the arts. Um, so creating on this app is uh, a different take on all of that. Um, uh, but thus far, I, you know... Uh, I couldn't be more pleased. You know, I feel like there's something new to learn about myself and um, uh, the app every day, really. Um, I um, I mean, there's so much that could be said about this, this app in particular, but I think that, you know, what we're talking about uh, mostly is monetization. And um, I created a morning show that would be a container for um, that monetization. So I'm creating, you know, partnerships now as we speak um, with a little uh, clubhouse support. Um, And um, yeah, so we launched last week and with We're Black for the Blacks is one of the co-hosts, brought back one of the favorites, uh, respectfully, the Clubhouse Weekend Review. And there are a lot of things I care about in the universe um, that I, I you know, I want to showcase on, you know, in this container. Um, 
there's a lot of things I care about and people I care about on the app. And um, I think you should own the word respectfully. Oh my God! Do not you somebody's going you somebody's going to start a whole room about you saying that. But Why? no, well, no. I mean, because the thing is, who it's created who word. created no who created the term? I didn't create it any more than I created butthole. But when but when respectfully the joke was sort of fading out, um, we were starting to produce the show. And then it was like, what do you call it? So I loved names. And then I just was like kind of stressing out about the name because it was a couple of days before the show. And then I was like, oh my God, respectfully, the Clubhouse Week in Review. And it really kind of spoke to, I'm a really sentimental person. And so I knew that that joke was fading. And then the new people coming on would never know what that what that word even meant to everybody when we were all just like laughing in rooms every time somebody said respectfully. So, but the people who knew would know, and it would just hold on to that sort of sentimentality. And it was clever for the for the newness of it all. So that's why I used it. Um, there are some other respectfully people respectfully on this app. Um, you know, I you know, and there's another. Uh, uh, respectfully person from this app who has launched a morning show on, uh, on Diddy's network. So, I mean, I know good and well I didn't start the word. I think this person claims that they started the word. Uh, oh, okay. Well, we don't want to get into that fight. Yeah. Have, and I'm not, so I, yeah. I've reached the point where um, I realize I have only 10 minutes left and I want to get to uh, everybody else on the stage, but I yeah, you. I think that the bottom line is that I just, you know, it's refining your model, evolving with the app, um, knowing what you want out of the app as you evolve with the app. And, um, and as far as monetization, building the right container um, that can hold, uh, you know, the type of sponsorship uh, you want to attract. And that's it. Okay, I just turned off hand so I'll get to everybody on stage. Rick. Hi. Well, I am not really part of the creator economy anymore, but I was. I, I was in the music business for many years and then in marketing for film and television for many years. And, you know, Clubhouse is kind of like garage bands in the 60s and 70s. It's where people can practice and woodshed and let people know who they are. Only here you have a global reach. So it's, it's um, I don't really know how you'd monetize it. But for instance, the first thing that I found that really interested me was news, news, news. And um I, I have pretty much stopped watching uh, cable news on TV. I go to news, 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 because I think I get much better information, much better perspective. Totally. And, what... you know, I hear from people from all over the world. I hear from everybody from people that have a small business to, you know, Ph.D., uh, researchers and diplomats, and uh, it's, I get a very wide spectrum. Um, I've learned so much from so many people on here. Um, and, you know, I don't know 
how eventually it would be monetized, but there are many people on here now that I would subscribe to. If there was a channel where I could go and get this stuff, I would definitely pay a subscription fee to have better quality content. And and to tell you the truth, I think I'm getting better quality content on Clubhouse than on many different platforms now. Boy, I wish Catherine were still here. She she left as you came in. Yeah, and it's, I mean, you know, Rablaka for the Blacks, uh, things that I've never heard before, I hear. You know, uh, there are so many people, Roy Feld, uh, you know, I know more about tea than I ever knew. Dishwashers, I know more about dishwashers than I ever knew. Uh and no, you know I, it's i know i use i use clubhouse as one enormous extension class i just t- turn it on in the morning and run it in the background of my life but you know uh ju- just to to land the plane here you know the creator economy has always been tough and it's always been this will give you exposure whether it was doing free concerts, <laughs> whether it was doing free concerts. And, you know, I started in the music business in the early 70s, and it was the same deal back then. Very, very few people made a good living, but a lot of people made, they eked by a living, and it introduced them to other people that maybe they started a different career. I started as as a musician and ended up as a recording engineer and producer. Um, And I loved that job. I loved it better than playing music. And frankly, I was much better at it. So to me, I just see a lot of opportunity to meet interesting people, to network with people, and to learn from, for me at this age, I'm learning more now uh, you know, in a few hours on Clubhouse than in many years of some of the schools that I went to. So uh, that's what I remember yeah. about it. And that's totally right. Nitty, you let all these people speak ahead of you, but we finally got to you. <laughs> I'm happy to, for sure. You, I mean, you're such a good person. Oh, thanks, Dr. Francine. You've done an awesome job running this conversation. And, you know, I think that I've uh, gained a lot from other people's perspectives. Um, You know, for me as a mental health creator on this platform and somebody who was a late adopter for Instagram, and I just literally got a Twitter account April of this year. um, That tells you how behind I am, right? Clubhouse uh, was the first platform that I was an early adopter on. So I came onto the platform in early December. And at that time, there was only around 200 thousand people um, on Clubhouse. And I just happened to kind of find my niche um, as a therapist that, you know, I I discovered that there were a lot of people that wanted to have mental health conversations, um, but that there was also disinformation being spread about mental health and, you know, that people wanted accurate, you know, information from somebody who's a professional. So I just kind of started running rooms um, and developed a a bit of a, a team and a community. And then in January, when clubs were still getting 
getting approved right by the team. Um, we remember those days. I uh, finally got my club, Mental Health Matters. And that club has grown to over 86,000 people now. And I think that part of, you know, there's been a couple of ways that I've been able to monetize um, on Clubhouse, right? One is that brands have approached me because of the club. So I think that it's worth it to invest the time and energy, especially um, early on when you're here on the platform, to develop relationships with people, um, friendships with people, so that you can collaborate and, you know, have uh, have really brilliant minds compliment you as you're there on the stage uh, running the room. And through those partnerships, that's, that's really my how the whole, That's my whole secret. I know all of you. And I, I open the room and we're black of pings, we're black of the blacks, pings everybody in. And then I just sit back and let the conversation rip. Exactly. And it feels natural, right? Because these are friendships. It's not like, you know, yes, yes, some are business relationships, but I would say, you know, 90% of the people I've met on this platform, I would consider a friend because I've been on stages, I've been able to hear their perspectives, I kind of get a feel for who they are. So, you know, as you invest the time and energy in building community and creating great content consistently, um, like I used to do rooms on a weekly basis every single Saturday for six months, I did it. And I burned out, which is why I don't do it anymore. Um, it's why I scaled back to once a month, but it did get the attention of brands. So I got to work with brands like Pedigree or Social Chain or Afterpay. And those brands reached out to me because of the club following. So I highly recommend investing in the club clubs, um, but, but to not be like the lone wolf that I think some people can be uh, because we get protective. We want to be able to host things only under our club. I don't think that's the right mentality. I think you need to come out and support other people in their clubs, show up, be friends to people. And naturally, I feel like karma to the club's name here, Dr. Francine, is going to reciprocate that back. Um, and so, yeah, those have been paid partnerships. Also, to Catherine's point earlier, and I'm going to land the plane here, um, I think because of the relationships and the quality content that people put out, everyone here on the stage puts out, that catches people's attention when it comes to speaking engagements, when it comes to being able to do consulting. So I've been able to get great speaking gigs through this platform. Uh, just last week, I did a presentation for NPR, right? Like I would have never gotten that opportunity had I not been here on Clubhouse and been having conversations about mental health. Um, it was somebody who listened to one of the rooms I did with Dr. Amy Cuddy that reached out to me because she heard that conversation. So that's where the power is. You may not be able to monetize directly through this platform just yet. They're working on it. I think that they're going to be adding in subscriptions. They're going to be adding in pay, uh, paywalls for content um, so that creators can get paid. Uh, but think beyond that, right? Think way beyond that because you can make really good money from the relationship building and people coming in and seeing your value and your worth. And they'll take that off the platform. So thanks so much, Dr. Francine, for allowing me to share. And uh, thanks everyone for your insights. Appreciate it. <laughs> so Clubhouse is, get ready for a metaphor from a sport I don't play. Clubhouse is like a bank shot, right? You, you careen off something into some other, oh, I'm, this is going to be a bad metaphor, hole. <laughs> Some other pocket. You, you said it right, Francine. I think you did. It is a bank shot. Well, and Wayne Gretzky said you want to be where the puck is going. So right. I think we are. You know, the great Gretzky knows what he's talking about. I would think so. Sharon. Dr. Francine. Awesome, awesome to see you. Thanks for the um floor. 
So I'd like to say that I'm typically a whisperer. That's who I am. I'm a whisperer and a, and a cheerleader. Exactly what Nidhi says is who I am at the core. I tend to see people who are great, struggling. I'll sit by their side and help them grow their platform. Um, just by being there, supporting. I'm known for sitting in rooms all day long, supporting people with my numbers. Um, and that sort of gave me the platform, right? Because people wanted to hear from me. And it's always amazing when they do. Me? Why me? Because I'm a, a jack of all trades, master of none, but probably better than one. Um, so yeah, there's been a great deal of karma that's been coming out of that. The back channel engagements is um, astronomical for me because essentially it's allowed me to network with people whom I probably wouldn't have access to, right? Other social media platforms, I felt lost in it, if that makes sense. It was always um, more aesthetics rather than real engagements, whereas here on social media, on, on uh, Clubhouse, I can hear the person's voice, I can get an impression of who they are, um, I build a relationship that's far more intimate, and through that, I've leveraged it into sort of ushering people into larger projects, and that's worked out for me as well on the back channels. Um, and also, I'd say when thinking about monetization, I, I typically don't. I put that on the back uh, burner, if you will, and just do what I love to do, knowing that the monetization will follow. If I know that my do north is always set, if I know that I'm doing what I love to do, if I'm being in, you know, honest with myself and presenting me in the most authentic way, I just believe that everything else will align. That's at the core of me. That's what I believe. So I don't chase the money. I don't chase the monetization and it comes. <laughs> I, I tend to shy from it, but it does come. I get offers all the time, but I do suffer from um, imposter syndrome. So oftentimes I have to challenge myself to move beyond that. But I'd say, do what you love, the rest will follow. See, I that's, this, this is what I totally believe in the whole theory about Karma Club. Okay, Jennifer, take us home. All right, I'm setting my timer because I know your time is limited and I don't want to take up too much of my fellow Phoenicians' lovely time. Hi, Francine, it's lovely to see you. Hi, Heyman. Hi, Elijah and Karen. Um, so Axel couldn't be here. Sui asked me to kind of like represent our lullaby club and kind of share oh, the trials and tribulations, the victories, all that in a concise little manner. So if you guys aren't familiar, lullaby club is where we, we lullaby you to sleep and we have some amazing singers that come on and they um, host their own kind of platform or their own kind of room, sorry, each night of the week. It's um, Sunday through Thursday right now. And we've been having, it's been hard, Francine, like, you know, these are artists that are giving their time and this isn't an easy platform for them to monetize on. And so we've been taking things over to Reddit and I'm not sure if anyone's familiar with that, but we're trying to figure out how to help our artists that way. So it's just Really, oh Reddit. What? That's this is almost the first time I've heard Reddit mentioned on here, and it seems now that you've said it like such a natural place. Yes, I agree. It was a it was a perfect fit. So Axel will do. Um, you know, he'll go live on Reddit, but we'll still be in Clubhouse, so you can kind of get the best of both worlds. You can see him on video, but then you can also listen in on the Clubhouse side if you don't have a Reddit account yet. And that's been really great. And he's trying to figure out ways to do dual kind of um, streaming so he can be in one place and the, the artist maybe lives in Colorado and they can also be streamed you, in. You know, Jennifer, you should talk to Heyman because Heyman, <laughs> Heyman simulcasts me 
I don't even know where I am. <laughs> you are and, actually and being heard on Colin as well as Clubhouse, and the audiences are connected. And I can connect you what? to two more platforms along with more. Can you do that for me, Heyman? Sure. Oh, oh my God. God. Sorry, okay. you guys have no idea. I'm building you a business. Oh. I'm going to build you a business right here. This is my expertise, building business. It would be lovely to do that, Francine, Dr. Francine, because we have new t-shirts coming out. And I know Royfield left, but Axel's really excited about this merch that it's going to be flying out soon. And we're just really, really excited. And I know Lori and Ginger, they're part of the backstage crew. And like, we don't ever get recognition. And we, we understand that. It's about the artists and everything like that. But, um, you know, sometimes it's really hard. So thank you for letting me come up here and speak on behalf of Lullaby Club. I appreciate the time. Thank you. No, I love Lullaby Club. And I love Axel. And I love you. And now that, now, that COVID, now that COVID's over, let's have lunch. I would um, love that. Hey, guys, this was such a great discussion. I loved it. Let me remind you that if you are a member of Karma Club, you can start a room, as long as it's karmic, you can start a room under the Karma Club and um, and discuss whatever you feel fits into the framework of karma. And also, if you really love it, you can support creators by, by buying Karma Coins, because the money that... that is made from karma coins goes into supporting a portfolio of 80 other creators on the rally platform so we really are all supporting each other it's 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 in it's really indirect and it's and it's hard to it's hard to put into words but it does happen that people in the creator economy support each other and that's how really everything works out without, you know, having to rely on the man. And none of us wants to rely on the man, whoever that is. Anyway, next week we're going to have a conversation about the metaverse. I know very little um, about the metaverse, but I am going to invite some people that I know, you know, who know something, Heyman knows something. And, and there's I know a lot of experts on Clubhouse Dr. too. Yeah, Dr. Yeah, Dr. Fran knows something. So we are going to have a discussion about the metaverse, and um, and we'll all learn together. What the hell? Maybe this is something we can haha monetize. And if not, um, it'll be fun. Thank you so much for coming. I feel Yay. blessed to it's have blessed. you all. You know, it's Thank you. like. A gift to me. Yeah, Francine, if I can, um, super fast and upladore you. And yes, the metaverse, because uh, uh, Prince uh, Andrew, one of those colonizers, uh, uh, chastised uh, Bezos and said, "Stop focusing on going into outer space. You need to take care of the the planet we have here." And it's just an interesting little back and forth. So the metaverse is under attack, uh, or maybe the metaverse is where it's at. One of the two. And lastly, if people can please go to my Black Issues Issues page, I just posted um, information about um, the shoot that I'm doing and any any support would be great. My goal is to have a late night comedy show to end racism. There's very few Black women in the, in the world of comedy, specifically on TV. It's very rare. So make me be that one. So I just posted two 
two bits of information on there, why I was crying, and uh, also my vision to take over. <laughs> Fur it off. We're, we're black. Love you black. Blacks. Anything I can do for you, I will gladly do. And everybody else, back to your regular, ordinary lives. <laughs> if anyone wants a lullaby cap, Dr. Francine, I'm making you one right now. But if anyone wants one, just back channel me. I'd be happy to make you one. Have oh, a good day. Thank, thank you, Jennifer.